Shooters Connection offers products for competition shooters by competition shooters. With over 80 years of combined competition shooting experience, Shooters Connection is staffed by master and grandmaster shooters who live the shooting sports every day. Every day. We offer same-day shipping. Shooters Connection also sponsors over 100 of your matches every single year. So when it comes to finding everything you need to compete as a beginner or a seasoned grandmaster, Shooters Connection is the only name you need to know. Online at ShootersConnectionStore.com. Welcome back to the Hit Factor podcast. We have Jeff Cawthon, myself, Jeremy Reed, and we're joined by returning guests Tyler Turner and Jay Beal. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got Jay and Tyler on tonight. We're going to be hitting some interesting topics. Before we get into that, uh, we do want to hit on a couple of match results. Two matches happened this last weekend. The uh, Wyoming Governors is it a Cup. Was it a cup or is it just a match? Like it's just. A match. I think it's a cup. Is it a cup? Did they get a cup? Uh, I no, hope it's just so. A match. So Wyoming Governor's match, we're going to hit on that briefly, and then we're also going to hit on Area 7, just cover who's winning. A couple interesting things happened in those matches, as well as um, not the real Jeremy, but the fake Jeremy was there shooting. So we'll see how he he did. At Governor's Cup, you mean. Fake Jeremy was in Wyoming. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's yeah. Sorry. Yes. Real Jeremy also shot uh Area 7. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Yes. All right. So Wyoming. So real quick, overall we got Henning. This is the overall combined. We got Henning, uh Eric Steiner, Britcher Havens, Michael Leary, and Robert. Crow, Croft, Rob Croft in limited. So top four were open shooters and coming in the fifth place combined overall was Robert Krog. So let's get right into the divisions, carry optics, top three carry optics, Stepan Generalov. Is that how you say that? Mm -hmm. Really? Okay, and then uh, third, second place, Diami Isley. Isley, yep. So they actually both have their own channels. So that's Dry Fire Ninja for um, Steppen and Gun Thoughts for Diami. He's got like a YouTube following that's much bigger than our little sport. Oh, nice. Do you say his name's Diami? I'm sure it isn't, but I just said that. Oh, okay. Thanks, Jeremy. And then third place, Richard Ingram. That's carry optics. Moving on. Limited. This is where we have uh, Rob Krog, and then we have Paul Clark, and coming in third place, Jeremy Reed. Shooting 90% of... This is Bob, by the way. Bob Crow fake won. Jeremy. Limited. Yeah, fake Jeremy. Sorry. Uh, he won... Bob Crow won limited, and he won by about 7% over second place. As you heard, he won fifth place in the overall. Fake Jeremy has told me that that Bob is shooting very well and could be an issue for the limited guys 
come nationals. Mm-hmm. Okay, limited optics. Uh, nothing super interesting to speak of at limited optics at this match, but top three, Zach Parker, Sal Hernandez, and Andrew Durkey. Dirk, yeah, Durkey. Open top three, Henning, Walgren, Eric Steiner, Bridger Havens. PCC, Curtis, Brotherston, Alex Inglacius, and Rick Hinkle. Production, only eight people in production. Uh, Joe Bodden, Jasper Domenici, Jerry... Man, I am bad at just names. Say it, with, <laughs> say it with the utmost confidence and be good. Just, just roll through it. Yeah, just <laughs> Domenico. <laughs> right. There you go. Thanks, Jeremy. And then finally, single stack. I'm surprised that fake Jeremy didn't shoot single stack since there was 15 single stack shooters at this match. But it was also the round count on some stages was ridiculous, so I kind of get it. Uh, Greg Stefani, Walt Prowl, Prowks, and Stan Chen. <laughs> there you go. That's like top three all divisions. Wyoming Governor's match. What's the standout at this match? Really? Just limited for me. Other than Henning winning open, that's pretty Henning, awesome. come on. Henning winning high overall, that's a standout. Yeah, that's a standout. I agree. I agree. But, uh, yeah, so the only other standout, which would really just be a standout because I know these people, would be uh, Bob Crow winning limited and then Jeremy coming in third limited. Talk to Jeremy. Fake Jeremy, that is. He said he had a good match, or a, a decent match anyway. <laughs> Uh, which is good. That's what we want to hear from what, a. Uh, what was fake Jeremy's percentage of um, ninety? Rob? Uh, ninety-one, 90? closer to ninety-one, but yeah. Nice. When yeah, I was he said Bob shot really well. When I was scrolling through these results yesterday, actually after they were final, uh, there was a a name of note. Fifth place in open, Jerry Michalek, who doesn't shoot oh, a lot of yeah. USPSA. I was happy to see his name. Shooting minor, open minor, oh. by the way. Yeah, I did see that. And That's then the other cool. thing the other thing I noticed, and uh, it, it, it just deserves mentioning just because it's awesome, sixth place carry optics guy is named Huckleberry Gibson. Oh. That's the coolest name I have ever heard. <laughs> Huckleberry Gibson. That deserves a shout out. Okay. It's solid. It is really solid. Is Sorry, solid. Lucas Cornish. You may have beat him in the results, but you lost in the name game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that's a solid one. I like that. Um, so that's uh that's all I had from the governor's match. Anybody else got anything to add on that one? Where did they hold that match? What was the range? Anyone know? I did not know. I should know, but I did not. 
I could look it up, but that would take too long. Yeah. I, I've heard that the best podcasts are mostly filler as people scroll through things on the internet to <laughs> find out the truth. Oh, really? Well, we should be <laughs> right up the, there then. That's what they want. But actually, you need a producer that exclusively does that, not not the host. Oh, like you're, you're the host, right. so you can't do that. Right, so we could just have them, hey, hey, look this up, and then while they're looking it up, we could just talk about whatever we want. Yeah, and then they'll just jump in with the information when they have it. Right. That would be really nice. Maybe uh, fake Jeremy could be that guy. <laughs> Who knows? All right, so let's move on to Area 7, which some pretty interesting things at this match, honestly. But overall, top five, Aaron Eddins, Shane Coley, Michael Pan, Joey Sauerland, and John Browning. So we got an open guy, second place overall limited optics, which is noteworthy, and we'll get into that. Uh, Michael Pan, and then the four and five combined overall were limited shooters. Joey Sauerland and John Browning, which were separated by not much. Uh, less than a match point in limited. Yeah. Yeah. Less than a match point. So carry optics guys. We got Scott Radar. Raider. Scott Radar. Radar sounds kind of cool though. <laughs> <laughs> uh Dylan Polin. Ben Poulin? does anybody know how to say this guy's name? I see this uh, guy's Suzuki. What? Yeah. Suzuki. Suzuki. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the guy's name around, um, but I had no idea how to say his name. Suzuki. Kind of like Suzuki. Exactly. People yeah. lo- local yeah. to him call All him right. Polish Ben. I don't know why. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows, man? He's he's uh, cool. We like, we like uh, Suzuki. So is he local to you guys? Not, not really, no. but... No, uh, but, eight hours away, yeah, but, so uh, kind of. That's pretty. I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, so that's the top three carry optics. Limited. We got Joey Sauerland, John Browning, and Rob Epifania. Epifania? Epifania. 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 I think so. Actually, I don't know. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for jumping in, jumping in, correcting me, and then saying you don't know what it is. (laughs) Backing up. Appreciate it. And we had four limited 10 shooters for some reason. Nope. No? Skip it. uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what fake Jeremy would say. All right. Uh, Limited optics. So, Shane Coley winning limited optics. Then we had Luke Cow. Co? Chow. 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 It's like a TS sounding Chow. Oh. Dang. You're so I asked him when to, I asked him when to accent. <laughs> And then Justine Williams coming in third limited optics. Running over to Open, Aaron Eddins, Michael Pan, Craig Tappy. Pretty familiar names there. PCC, David 
Jang. Andy Heppard, Colin MacArthur. Production, we got Mason having just a ridiculous <laughs> win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just dominating performance. Winning production by 31%. Incredible, Mason. Also, Mason and his wife taking first and second. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, very cool. It is kind of cool. So Mason taking first, Kaylee taking second, and Kent Nordstrom third. Revolver, there's three. Bill Thorpe took it. Single stack, there's nine. Jalise took single stack, followed by Jay Christie, followed by Scott Chapman. Okay. Let's uh let's look at limited. Let's go to limited. This was close. This was I good. W- good to see. Yeah, I didn't see the score, scores come in as as this was unfolding, but um, I was informed earlier that John Browning was up to the last couple stages. Oh, okay. I think that might be that might be wrong, but I think it went both ways. It went okay. one way for a while, and then it went the other way. I suppose so, that that would happen when <laughs> it's so close. So they were pretty much battling it out for the whole match. They were spotted um, together you, too, you, right? Yeah, and if you look at the um, the first few stages they shot, they were barely separated, and then three stages in, uh, Joey had a rough run, and then he gave up a lot of points the next two stages as well, and then he started winning stages. Yeah. I saw that. They were, uh, I think, Browning, he won like four four stages, I think, maybe five. And, but he was first, second, or third on every single stage. And then uh, Joseph, or Joey, won, I think, five or six stages. But he had, I think, two that were outside the top three, <clears throat> finish-wise. Um, but yeah, finished the match within a match point of each other. And not only that, but they left the field too. So after John Browning, uh, third place comes in at 82%. So we got 100%, 99.9%, and then 82%. So very dominant performance by those two. And is this the first match that we've seen Joey compete at a guy like like Browning with? I mean, I know we've seen him nope. lay down some dominance, like, overall performances. I think he got Browning at Area 6. Okay. Um, and Shane at Area 6. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So I think this- he's won every area match that's been held so far this year in limited. Yeah. Nice. And by think, we mean he certainly has. Yeah, without a doubt, yes. <laughs> you know the the thing that stands out to me. I'm I'm looking. I've got John Browning's scores pulled up in competitor. He didn't finish below ninety percent. His lowest finish on any particular stage was ninety point two one percent. He won mm-hmm. four of them. Like it's not going to be very often that you put down a performance like that and don't win the match. So, I mean, that's, that's tough, but 
the consistency Wait. of Browning is is crazy. Yeah, it's super interesting because you know my whole shooting career, I've heard it said and I've said it like you shoot ninety percent, you shoot a consistent match, and you're gonna win. Like nobody's gonna beat that. Mm-hmm. But this is the second case this year where we've seen that crushed, right? So yep. Christian do it at at nationals when he built beat a Nils that came in and shot a Nils match where he shot 90% on everything, 90% or more. And then again, we see it here, whereas John Browning put down a great performance. And we're just seeing these guys come in that, I don't know, it almost seems new. It, it might not be, you know, maybe I haven't paid that well of attention to scores over the years, but it seems like they're coming in and they have another gear and they're able to, to take it away. No, so I, if you I look think, in, I go ahead. Uh, fa- I can't keep up if you're a fake or real Jeremy. Jeremy. Just, just, just Jeremy. Jeremy. Just Jeremy. Um, <laughs> don't go with Jared Bear. That's only for my family. Um, so uh, if, if you have a competitor app and you pull up stage best, then you'll look at people's percentage relative stage best. And so if you look at historical matches, 90% of stage best won you the match. And at Carry Optics Nationals, Christian was 91%, and there's two people over 90%, and they came in second and third. So you look at, at uh, Joey Sauerland and John Browning here. John Browning was 95.82% of stage best. His average stage was 95.82% and came in second. That's just amazing. Damn. That's mm-hmm. nuts. But, I mean, if you could shoot 95.8% on every stage and come in second. I, yeah. Not, what else can you do? Yeah, but Jeff, to your point, I, I've noticed the same thing. And I think it's a little bit of changing the conventional wisdom. You know, it's because I the thing I think about in production used to be it, it used to be enough to simply not make mistakes. You didn't see production guys shoot on the move, did you? Like hardly yeah. ever. And then you get Jacob. Uh, coming in, doing the things he does, shooting production like an open gun, you know, and 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 the paradigm shifts. Like people shoot production now, like we shoot at any other division. And I think you're exactly right. You know, the conventional wisdom, which is, you know, you finish, you know, ninety, eighty five. It used, to, I used to hear eighty five percent. If you shot eighty five percent on every stage at nationals, you would win. I don't think that's true anymore. I think no. you're exactly right. Yeah, someone someone said um, he may be here right now, uh, <laughs> but he said this person uh, that you have to put yourself at risk for a stage win, and I really like that. Like, mm-hmm. put yourself at risk for winning every stage. It doesn't mean you will, but it's pretty risky that you might like you might yeah. end up winning some stages, and you have to. And I and I you know setting yourself up to, you know, picking the right strategy for you to, to have that be a possibility. Yeah. Like you can't just lay up. It doesn't work that way. No. Yeah. It's, People it's aren't really making enough mistakes. Yeah. No. Which we might, the game, the, you know, but the game's changing. Yeah. Long story yeah. short, the game, the game has changed and it is changing. That's what I was going to say. It's like, it seems, uh, despite all the, crazy things and political things that are happening in the sport that that we're not a fan of, it seems as though the competition is still progressing. 
is still uh, moving forward, which is is good to see as someone who's in the sport and gets disheartened when when things get super political and trashy. But to see that the the level of competition is still being pushed up, good people are still coming into the sport uh, and and discovering new things is really cool. Really cool. So other second most interesting thing to me at this match was limited optics. So, and I could be wrong on this assessment, but to me, this was the first match that I saw where limited optics winners, there was more heat in limited optics and limited optics winners beat the top CO winners. Mm-hmm. So, and that didn't take long, right? Like when did, when did this become provisional? It's like a couple Ten months ago, ago, right? Ten weeks. May 1st. Yeah. yeah. So we sort of predicted this when when it became provisional as a minor-only division. And, and the memo came out that, what was it? They said any gun that was legal in CO was legal in LO, but not vice versa. Anyway, it's... Uh, it's just telling. It's telling of where it's going. Because yep. we got the top three guys in limited optics at this match are names that you know. They're names that you, you've seen in, in the leaderboards in CO. And uh, they're good shooters and they're showing up in limited optics, which means people are going to follow. And I, I think it should be noted, like the, the carry optics winner, Scott Rader, no slouch, 26th at CO Nats at right. 88.5%. So. And similar finish last year and, and famously won Area 8 in 2020 as a B-class shooter. <laughs> Again, oh, yeah. I don't know, four or five uh, Area 8 GMs. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so So, little... Uh, a little foreshadowing of of where that's headed. The the uh, back and forth of limited optics, carry optics, and how it's all just going to flow into limited optics eventually. So it will, and it should. And I and to echo what real Jeremy had said to me at um, nationals is that we should go around and try to convince everyone to just abandon CO entirely, because yeah. just like force the inevitable to happen. Yeah, um, which is hard. It's hard to do that. So I kind of failed in that in my my end of trying to convince people. But um, uh, I'm doing it right now. So are you jumping <laughs> into LO? Yeah, I mean, any match I shoot will just be in LO. I think. Well, no, that's not true. I will shoot where where I suspect the best shooter is. Um, yeah. I hope that I that 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 shooter will be in LO. Yeah, it makes sense. And so, it will be very frustrating if you move to LO and they change their registration morning yeah. of, which was don't happening you, at this match. Don't you dare move. People switching <laughs> back and forth to avoid each other day of. Yeah, or to this is, punch each other down. It this happened is the, already. This is the most upsetting to me that that, that, that will occur and that has already occurred. And, and you know, you may feel, feel differently, but I think that's a, this is a big problem. This problem where CO and LO shooters are not in the same division. There's 
you cannot convince me that there's any difference in the equipment being used in LO and CO. They belong together. They should shoot head to head. This division hopping that we're allowing allowing to occur is not good. Like take your yeah. lumps. Like you, <laughs> as long as we're going to have two divisions, you know, th this is going to happen. So you know, the so sooner you, we if can. You, if you filter the results, it goes Shane, Scott, Dylan, Ben, Luke. If you right. merge those two. And like that's the actual top five from that match because yeah. they were shoot all yeah. shooting the same position. So now it's, we have to go and filter the results on every every one of these, which is exactly what I did when I was yeah. looking at these scores. Really? And that's that's annoying. I mean, yeah, it's not just the button pushing thing; it's the it's the first part. Yeah. Well, anybody... it's just it's foolishness. Like, these, yeah. everyone needs to and be shooting pick... against one another. <laughs> right, and if you pick what you think the best shooter is, and then the the person in the other division wins, you feel cheapened because you mm -hmm. move to follow, you know, you move to follow so-and-so and then somebody in the other one won. <laughs> yeah. That's no good. And, and it's, and we, we had these conversations as soon as this was brought up and this was, this was inevitable. Yeah. So you should probably go shoot iron sights. Yeah. Production. It is. <laughs> Production. <laughs> I mean, single stack. Sorry. There you go. There you go. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep those Colt coming into the shop. <laughs> Solid. Uh, yeah. So that those are the two big takeaways for me at this match. That and that. Production was pretty dead, being that yeah. uh, Mason jumped in and won by 31%. Yeah, but I think Mason had fun, so I think that's good, for the most part. Yeah. That's, what and, I, and, and that's what I saw. Phil Schrader was supposed to shoot production. He, he backed out. Oh, man. Well, Mason still... finished 10th overall, 86.5% um, of the reigning uh, Open National Champion. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> wow. That, that's legit. Uh, mm -hmm. he's a bad, bad man. He, yeah. Especially with, with iron sights. He's one of the best with iron sights for sure. So the thing I, so looking at the overall, I'm seeing a lot of compression and a lot of stacking at the top between particularly open and limited like when that happens at a match and it's not yeah. like you have a, a you know a scrub open shooter who like barely pulls out like yeah. ahead of like really really good limited shooters which sometimes happens at sectionals and stuff but here yeah. like we've got the open national champion you know we've got uh coley we've got joey sauerland and john browning like all stacked up so like do you guys draw any conclusions when you see open and limited stacked up like that? Anything like, do you think something, the mm -hmm. match itself yeah. caused that to happen? I mean, that's, that's where my mind goes, uh, that there, the shooting challenge wasn't appropriate for an optics gun essentially is where my mind goes. Um, and I, I was thinking about this after I shot area four, 
and it was just it was terrible for someone shooting uh especially low cap but there were also some really difficult shots for irons at that match and i just i talked to a couple people and it really makes you feel like we need to start having more division specific championships but that's where my mind goes initially. Not more divisions, but division specific. <laughs> I, I also think yeah. it helps oh. that you have two national contenders for limited shooting on the same squad in the same match. I think that pushes scores yeah. higher. No insult to Aaron, but I think he shows up at this mm. match and he says, oh yeah, I'm winning this. And yeah. he doesn't have True. to do more than win. I think if you're John or Joey, you you have to do more than you were expecting to. One is that tight back and forth. Yeah, that is true. They had each Good other to, to push. Yeah. What was your thoughts on on that, Tyler? Well, I I, I really didn't digest that. It's just something that I I, I noticed, and I wanted definitely to ask you guys. Um, it's probably a little bit of, of everything. I, yeah. I wasn't there and I, you know, I haven't really even watched um, that much footage. So I, I don't know much about the um, average difficulty or the degree of partials or things like that. Yeah. yeah. There was uh, relatively low factors and there were very few opportunities to pick things up on the move. So having major and an optic didn't reward people nearly as much. Uh, as it would mm. if you had farther opens that you could take on the move where right. open major just absolutely destroys every other division. Right. Yeah. yeah I, I, the, the only real footage I watched was of Mason and it looked like super positional, like you must go here, you must go ABC, you know, and it's just kind of, uh, by the numbers shooting. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the gist of area seven. Looks like it was solid. Uh, real Jeremy was there shooting single stack. Minor, right? Yes. <laughs> first, yeah. first, first match in single stack. It was a rough one. With did you yeah. have half a front sight or did you get a full front sight? I I went with half the front sight. Ah, oh, okay. gotcha, gotcha. That's the way I like to do it too. <laughs> I experienced all of the historical joys of the 1911 platform. Yeah, yeah. It just lived right up to its name. <laughs> historical joys. <laughs> Two world wars. <laughs> Two world wars, that's right. And I have no idea how. <laughs> well, it wasn't in 9 mil. <laughs> probably a big part of it uh, alright well that wrap, wraps up the uh, the match recap so we're going to roll into our shout outs and spon- show sponsors and then we're going to get into a discussion on some mental management I guess so yeah, yeah St- stick around because because Tyler and I have major, major beef about this. Beef. Yeah, because Jay's yeah, I, kind will, of a I will not shaman. back down. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, so Jay's kind of a shaman and Tyler's kind of a sociopath. So uh, 
We'll, we'll see how we'll see how so they fair. come in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so we only got one shout out from a Patreon group from Jay Headland. He just wanted to say what's up. He's going to be on the road uh, for the next few weeks, so he doesn't have a whole lot to say. But shout out to Jay Headland Shooting. Uh, that's their only shout outs from the Patreon group. If you guys do want to join the Patreon, uh, there'll be a link in the description. There's two tiers there. One of them gets you a shout out. Uh, it gets you live access to our recordings, so they can listen to this right now as we're recording. And it also gets you a hat after so many months of subscription. The second tier is you just join the Discord and you be a part of the community. So that's the uh, Discord. Link will be in the description. So also today's show is brought to you and sponsored by Shooters Connection. So thank you, Shooters Connection, for sponsoring today's show. If you guys need any shooting supplies, you need 1911 parts for that glorious pistol by potatoes. I'm sorry. Sorry, potatoes aren't even here. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, if Jeremy Fair needs me. some extra parts for his builds, you know, that's where he's going to go. Um, so go over to Shooters Connection. Use the link in the description. They're shipping out fast. Uh, they know the industry. They support a lot of matches. Um, so continue to support them as they support the show. Thank you to Shooters Connection. Also, okay, on to next topic. See, I don't even know how to present this question. So I was I think, trying to think about that too. Like, how are you going to bring yeah. this up? <laughs> uh, Here, yeah, I, I, uh, I can do it in typical Jeremy sort of crass and blunt fashion as I'm known oh, go for. for it. Yeah, go for um, it. In the past, Tyler Turner has characterized his process for shooting and for sort of his the cultivating a certain kind of discipline to shooting and distinguished that from um, the mental management or mental game approach advocated for by Lanny Basham and interpreters of Lanny Basham, most famously Steve Anderson. And so Tyler is now the voice of not that. And Jay Beal <laughs> is now the interpreter of Steve Anderson's interpretation yeah, basketball. I'm I'm interpreting one, my, two, yeah. three, fight. <laughs> yeah, two two will enter, one will leave. <laughs> yeah, but who prepared for it mentally? <laughs> uh, I think. I mean, I, I'm speaking for myself on this. Is that this is my interpretation, which again, yeah, is interpreted by reading some books and then listening to, listening to Steve for a while. Um, and, and then it's kind of my own take on it there. Cause I think there's some things that aren't missing, but I think there's some things that are emphasized a little too much and then uh, not talked about at all. But. All right. So, so give us your, your interpretation of, is, what is this, a, a system, or is it like a religion? What gives your interpretation? <laughs> Not, <laughs> so I don't, yeah, full-on religion, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. And you don't actually have to do any training whatsoever. All you oh, have yeah. to do is, uh, is think mildly about shooting uh, and tell yourself <laughs> that you're going to do so that, things. That posted on my mirror that says, gosh darn it, people like me, and I just won nationals. 
That's all it takes. <laughs> it's, you don't have to, nothing else. Um, no, so that's not, that's not what it is. So this is like, there is, um, Lanny Basham developed his like mental management system, which is really just boils down to that you, you think about shooting in a, in a form or like whatever you want to do, you think about it in a way of this is what I need to do to get better instead of this is what I don't need to do. Like, this is what I need to stop doing. So I'm going to like make sure I stamp on what I'm going to stop doing. So it's just thinking about and acting upon it. Like I'm going to train this because this is going to bring up what I want to have happen. Um, I think that that's like this extremely simplified version of it. And he, and he has words like, this is kind of the part where I get frustrated about it when people talk about it or whatever is where there are words like self image. Um, and there are words like affirmation that don't necessarily resonate with myself. And so I, I kind of like where Steve's gone with it, where he's like confidence and then, you know, confidence is in replacement for self image in a sense where you just like, I'm, intentionally building confidence on certain stuff and then um i forget what the other thing was but i don't know so so i'm I'm leaning more towards those words okay so when you're approaching uh the mental side of the sport from this this angle is um is just, I guess, confidence or is just mindset, like aside from actual skill, is mindset just a big, is it a part of it? I, I think, I mean, yeah, it is. So I, I think, but it's not in a sense of like control. It's in a sense of awareness for myself. And so awareness just means I'm aware of what I'm thinking about. Okay. And so then I'll, I'll manipulate that in a way that is going to be helpful to me instead of harmful, if that makes sense. Okay. So, so there's not can like, I a, ask you- hold on, I got one more. So there's not like, a, <laughs> <laughs> an, uh, like you mentioned affirmation, the word affirmation. Yeah. Is there a, an aspect of this approach that's like, literally giving yourself affirmations like verbal affirmations like i'm gonna win nationals um you know that's not that's not what i don't think of it in that sense i think of it um in the form of just like uh like an imprint that you give yourself so when you think about something when you're thinking about like i need to uh, like I'm going to, I'm going to be practicing, you know, pressing this trigger straight back. Then when I think about that and I think about what it feels like, or I visualize it, then that's an imprint. When I train it in dry fire, that's an imprint on that skill. Um, and then, you know, what, anything that's around that imprints like on that, that I'm getting, getting better at it. And that's building confidence. So then you build up enough confidence in whole bunch of skills that you can then show up to a match and and you'll look at a stage and be like i've i've done this before i I got it okay and and so it's not just like i mean i think there is an element to that where if you if you 
tell yourself and like, and I hear it and it, and you hear it all the time where you'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to win nationals. I mean, that's probably true, but also there's plenty of people who you say, who say I will win nationals or whatever. And they're, and you're, and you know, people listening know you're like, yeah, that's other people know that's not true too. You're like, yeah, I yeah. You're just saying words <laughs> and we know, we know the people there's, there's a handful of them out there that, that say it and you're like, yeah, mm. yeah. This is my but year, is man. Still, but is it still beneficial for them? Like, do they do they perform higher with that mindset? No. So okay. this is where this is where you have to have you need to be balanced on this. So your okay. your training has to back up what you allow yourself to to tell yourself, pretty much. Okay. So you, that's where you have to back up, and otherwise you're lying to yourself, and you know it. Yeah. And that's okay. that does not work. That, that in fact harms yourself, that harms you more than it uh, helps for sure. Do any of you three ever walk onto a stage at all? Like, you know, in the last year, ever walk onto a stage and think, oh, don't do this here. I used to. (laughs) So why'd you stop? Because I would do it. Because that's what you're thinking about. (laughs) Well, I, so I, I, Definitely part of my process is to identify the traps. Um, yeah. But yeah. I've learned through experience that if you, yeah, if, if you zero in on the one thing, like if there's a swinger or if there's an activation sequence, and that's the tough thing about the stage, what you're going to do is mic one of the five yard open targets because you're worried about the hard mm-hmm. part or the trap on the yeah. stage. So it's, yeah. it, I like the word balance. It's a balance between identifying the the traps and the issues but you don't overemphasize it so much you keep focused on on the process and the sequence um that's just one element of the stage i think once you've identified it you have to then incorporate it into you know the plan you can't you know if you're shooting every shot of that stage until you get to the activator sequence, thinking about the activator sequence. Yeah. You're, you're, you're going to F up. Yeah. Right. Was that your question that you were going to ask earlier, Jeremy? Yeah. I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, Jeff, if there's things you tell yourself not to do successfully. Cause I do hear some people been around the sport a long time. They're like, Oh yeah. Don't do that. You know, you get here and it's like, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't yeah. do this. And I'm, and it, maybe it works for them. People are really, really different what they respond to. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that that is so much more a part of the person just trying to explain what they like it explain. It's so easy to explain something in, in like that negative way where you're like, here's what I'm trying not to do instead. Of, and it, cause it just sounds weird if you're like, coming into this position and like make sure that I settled my body. So the dot isn't moving too much. And that just like sounds it's too much, too many words. And so it's so much easier to be like, yeah, just don't hit the no shoot idiot. (laughs) (laughs) But see, I think this is where Jay and I are probably very much in alignment. Notice I said, I identify the traps. I don't think about what I'm not going to do. I'm only going to think about what I'm going to do. I think language and especially 
how you talk to yourself is very important. Very important. So how do you, when you, when you identify a trap, what is it? Because at least for me, if I, I identify a trap just by filtering my thoughts. So I'll be like, oh yeah, like that, that's a little tricky there. So, so then, so then that's where the awareness piece comes in where it's like, here's what I need to do to avoid that. And, and then it's just like, you know, so in this position, it's a really specific spot where that my feet need to be. So that's becomes a priority. I'm going to look there until I know my foot lands there or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so is that, it, what does that look like for you when you identify a trap? Yeah, you're, you're, you're using the same sort of mental language or self-talk that I would like, you know, I, I'm very much aware of what is the priority for this position or this element of the stage or this problem to be solved. Uh, I want to really dial up the awareness. Typically it's vision. Like my catch all is vision, 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 vision. Like I've got to see this. I need to see more. It's uh, usually that's a, a good general purpose cue for me is really dial up your vision here. Um, Patience is another one, you know, if it, if it's an activator, you know, if it's yeah. this whole thing hinges on going one for one on the activator steel, you know, that's, I want my vision to be focused on the exact center of the calibration zone. Yeah. It's so you, not just go one for one on steel. <laughs> no, cause that's meaningless. It's more specific. It has to be specific. A, yeah. There, and there's a disconnect between, you know, between, um, what you tell yourself that makes sense in a logical sense. If I sit here and neither of us are shooting and I tell you, you must go one for one on steel. That, that is a totally different thing than like the way your body's going to do that. Like the way you're going to employ your senses and your body to accomplish that goal. It's very much feel, um, you know, there, you can have a, 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 a logical understanding of what I'm saying, but, you know, in your walkthrough, you know, you need to be translating this goal into what needs to be felt and seen and experienced in the moment. Yeah. Does that make any sense? I think I'm, yeah. I'm sounding more esoteric than <laughs> <laughs> this is Just not going well. Here. We need more conflict. <laughs> Yeah. So, so do any of you three, and I know Jeff doesn't, and this is why other Jeremy would be useful for this, but do any of you three ever have a crisis of, I, this stage is asking me to do a thing, I don't know if I can do it. And, and so that's really a two-part question. And if you have that sensation, what do you do to resolve it? Assuming you have it, and if you don't have it, I know Jeff doesn't have that. <laughs> 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 you really don't, do you, Jeff? Like, I'm not sure I understand the question. So you walk up to a stage, you see what's being asked of you by the stage, and you see the correct or optimum way to accomplish that, and you think, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, I need to pick up these two targets after the activator to have a competitive time on this. I don't know I can yeah. do that. Oh, yeah, I for sure have that. Yeah. So how do you resolve it? I come up with a plan that I know I can do with confidence. Like, I I have shot matches. Actually, the stage 
at nationals in 2020 comes to mind because I shot it differently than everybody else because I was not confident that I could do what they were doing. And it was like a, it was like a, it was an activator sequence. It was very quick. It was like a two position, eight, eight second, two activators and like four poppers. It was very quick. And I shot a different sequence, a less aggressive sequence because I wasn't confident I could do what they did. Um, and ended up shooting it faster than everybody else with a less aggressive sequence. So mm. that kind of builds confidence in a, in a different way. It's like, I don't, I don't need to do the plan that seems the most aggressive. I need to do the plan that I can perform the most aggressively. So the way I'm, I'm hearing the question and, and please clarify for me, I, I could take it two different ways. I could take it as, I doubt whether or not I have the technical ability to execute this skill required, or it could be, you know, this is my, my risk reward matrix. It's not making sense as compared to the optimal plan. Does that make sense? Like less two and more one, and especially not one on the technical skill, but it could be the technical skill while I have a cold. The technical skill, well, you know, I haven't slept for the last two nights because I've been, you know, stressed or, you know, up with a kid or, or whatever it is. But so it doesn't have to be like a, a, a core doubt in competence, but just I don't think I can do what I need to do in this moment. Well, I, I think than- that's more I think that's more too than you think. If you if you have that thought, you know, and you're being honest with yourself, then it is a risk reward uh, calculus. You know, if if you you slept like dog shit the night before and, you know, you you've been shaky on on the 15 yard stuff, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whatever the scenario, you know, you, you, you have reason to believe you can't execute something you normally could uh, execute, then, you know, apply your your risk reward uh, math. And that's different from from everyone. Yeah. I, I mean, it. even even <laughs> contemplating this in my mind right now is way beyond what I would do on a stage. Like the flash of I don't know if I can do that would be pretty quick. Ideally, ideally be pretty quick. And then I would because most I mean, from a technical aspect, I think all of us here can do like most everything that's required. And so but when yeah. it's compounded is because you have these ex- extra pieces coming in where you're like, you look at something and maybe in the walkthrough, you felt, felt a little off balance in this one position. So you're like, oh, uh, maybe I should, uh, you know, like that, that, that felt a little bit weird on that far target there. And so, so I think it really depends on like, we have to have like a specific situation that we've all been in that we can see, which I, I don't think that's possible to do that right now. But um, I, what, what I've come to recently, and this is even like more recently than I've had an opportunity to fully test it is that if there, if there's hesitation on something like that, then I'm going to, I'm going to pretty quickly assess if that's, if I can actually do that. Like if I, can I do that just without thinking about it? Is that challenge even a, a, a real challenge or am I just making it up? And then once I assess that, usually the answer is like, I'm just kind of like, it was just some weird thing. I can do it if, 
normally without thinking about it. So then I'm going to take another aspect of the stage that I, that I really need to, you know, maybe I'm moving on a couple of close targets that I need to be moving really aggressive on. And I'm going to take that and, and dial that part in and then let the, you know, perceived challenge just kind of happen. And I'll, I'll probably handle it just fine because in the past I have. So like that, that's my, so that was little, my initial thought. <laughs> this is a little bit of a trick question because I don't suspect any of the three of you have crises of confidence in the course of a match that are more than fleeting and like quickly overwhelmed by whatever your default process is. I mean, if I was required to shoot the same, same stage plans as, as someone that I would expect to beat me, then I would have a lot of confidence issues on stages. Like going in and expected to shoot uh, an activator sequence the way they shot it. Like I would probably be petrified if I was not allowed to shoot my sequence. That's interesting. Okay. That's really funny. I would feel like, oh, good. Okay. Now I don't even have to think about it at all. I'll just shoot the sequence. <laughs> oh, that's what Max did? Then that's the plan. And either uh, okay, I do it and I don't. And if I don't do it, well, clearly I don't deserve those match points because I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I was no. like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> No, that's not the way I think at all. No, I I, I agree with Jay. I think it's liberating. Liberating if everyone you know, if everyone is going to shoot this the same way, like the chips are going to fall where they may. Like, put up or shut up. You know, that's really? how that's how the hive mind mm. has has decided we're going to run this. So you know, whoever, I mean, yeah. If, yeah, yeah. If it's a thing I I think I can do, then yeah, that would be nice. Like if it's like a pretty easy sequence, I'm like, yeah, okay, that's what we're doing. We're all going to shoot the same thing. May the best executor win. Um, but for the most part, um, I like to do what I'm comfortable shooting. Like it doesn't matter what the other guys are doing. If, if I walk up to it and I'm like, I'm not sure if I can do that, I'm probably not gonna, even going to try to do it. Uh because I want to shoot a plan I know I can execute. And so, and, and it's not just activator sequences, right? This goes, it could be like yeah, a yeah. very aggressive exit on a piece of steel. It could be a really aggressive entry on a no, tight no-shoot partial where you can yeah. sort of blow through this position without arresting momentum if you're willing to sort of aim off the no-shoot mm -hmm. and sort of and slap two on brown. Like there's a real benefit but you just have to trust that you can do that with your body at full speed. You'll have to trust that you don't that actually you have turtle up and shoot alphas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't stop your body and shoot careful alphas instead. Yeah, yeah. But I would say on anything other than activator sequences, like I, I don't even pay attention to like if somebody shot something super aggressively coming into a position or they shot early or whatever. That's, it it makes no difference to me. Like I'm I'm gonna shoot what I can, what I know I can do, which is pr which is typically very aggressive. Just because you're probably at the top end of the aggressive spectrum with that, I would I would think. I mean, just seeing you shoot stuff. I mean, I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I guys, bet if you owned activators and you were out there shooting them every week, then they would fall into that same wheelhouse too. Yeah, 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 likely. Um, yeah, I mean, J Jeremy has that, right? <laughs> Real Jeremy or fake? Fake Jeremy, I, I know, ha has that. 
I hope everyone's <laughs> extremely confused. <laughs> this is an audio program. They'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, so I have a question. Back to this uh, mental game battle. I have a question for Tyler. So, does any part of your... I don't know... I don't I don't know if you have like a, a mental do you have like a mental build up or a mental game when coming into a match or getting ready for a match or even just like trying to get better at shooting like do you tell yourself anything mentally or do you play mind games with yourself or is it simply like all objective facts observatory Well I I I never lie to myself I Earlier when, when Jay was talking about this, I actually wrote two things down on my notepad. Two things in particular he mentioned. One was the thing about balance and about lying to yourself. Uh, as far as like match preparation, I've just got to, I've got to either, like in the long term, I have to increase my technical skill because that's going to allow me to have confidence at the match. It's going to allow me to do everything asked of me by, by a stage, like we talked about. Um, I want to make sure my, my technical skills are, are always growing. And then like in the short term, like immediately preceding a match that I'm confident I can bring those skills I've trained to bear at the match. And to me, the, the way I achieve confidence is is by doing the stuff you know by by shooting by handling the gun all the time um by making sure my my reloads are clean and consistent that i can print alphas on demand that i can shoot on the move you know as required so to me it's the the way i view it is the best shooter is always going to win best in terms of of technical skill it's within that same strata of skill probably the guy with the better middle game is going to is going to apply their technical skills in the best way they're going to bring all their abilities and their capabilities to the match uh so that's kind of generally the way i i conceptualize it the way i think about it um you know i i to me when i'm shooting a lot and i'm really prepared uh that's when i have confidence okay do you think do you think that people lie to themselves in the in the other direction where do you know what i'm saying like someone will be like training a lot they're feeling really good with the gun in their hand and then they'll be like yeah but i like i've never really done that well at a major before so i'll just kind of like roll with it yeah. Like, uh, like, so like, then, impost- like imposter syndrome. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Which yeah. I'm sure people do, but I, th- I don't know. Do you think it happens more than, I- cause I don't really, I don't know. And I think I've done it to myself, but yeah. So I, yeah, I, I definitely think a lot of people, um, underperform at matches, you know, they, they consistently bring, less than their full capabilities to the match. And, you know, for a while that was me, you know, I was training, I was putting in the time and then I would come to the match and I would shoot scared. 
And yeah. I came to a point, an inflection point where I, you know, kind of had to ask myself, why are we, why are we doing this? Um, why are we doing this? All this work, all this time, all this money and bringing less than you're capable of to major mat major matches in particular locals weren't really an issue. You know, why are you shooting scared? Like what, what, what do you think is going to happen if you go to a match and you shoot a bunch of mics and you don't win the match? Like, are you going to be publicly shamed, flogged? No. And, and it, in that way, it was also like a risk reward calculus for me because the risk is I shoot to my ability or closer to my ability and maybe something goes wrong. Maybe I shoot a mic. Maybe I don't win. So what? Like, at least I put myself in a position at that point yeah. to win. Yeah, you Whereas put yourself at risk. <laughs> at risk to win. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> So yes. no, I, I think part of it is a complicated ego protection thing that pretty much all of us do on some level, which is if we don't try our best and we don't get the best result, then we were never really tested. And I'm not that anyone consciously does that, but it's yeah. like you don't, yeah. you don't want to risk doing your absolute best and coming in seventh, right? Right. Like to feel like, you know, I shot the best match I could shoot yeah. on this day and it was good for seven. And you do see people who do that sometimes. And those are like people who are new, who are coming up, who've gotten good really quickly. They'll be like really, really happy with their match performance because they just went and let it all hang out and they did really well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then like well, after a year or two, that same person won't be able to do that because they'll start getting protective of, yeah. of what they're afraid to lose. Mm, yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. I mean, think about, you know, the the young guns, like the kids who come in and just dominate, like <laughs> Yeah. It's just fearless. It's a it's a It is. Yeah. It is. It's impressive. Mm -hmm. I kinda want that fearlessness. That's I mean, that's yeah. honestly what I've been trying like I want to I don't know. I, I want to be able to replicate that feeling at a club match and I have not found a way to do it. Like the feeling of, like I feel all of the same feelings that I feel at a major match. Um, I I don't I don't know if it's possible or not. I've tried to build in like you know hype myself up for it or something like mm -hmm. that. And it doesn't it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, when you when you have a uh, like a high degree of, of self awareness, I think you know it, it becomes increasingly difficult to do that sort of thing. Because to me, like even though it's lying to yourself to your benefit, if I could somehow convince myself that this local is just as important as a sectional and the sectional is just as important as nationals. And, you know, my cold run today in my backyard is, is uh, supposed to represent, you know, the first stage of nationals to yeah. me, my personality, I, I can't, I'm just not that good at lying to myself. It, it's not the same. Well, I don't um, think anyone. I don't think anyone. It is that good because you you can't lie to yourself. Like I don't think people successfully lie to themselves. I mean, I think well, they repeatedly, do all the time, but they don't choose to. Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but if you're like choosing to 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 lie to yourself, I think that's where the and that kind of ties into a lot of this stuff. 
But yeah, I think it's just something, even if you do it repeatedly over and over and over again without any kind of action. So maybe, maybe an action at a club match is to like put extreme high stakes on it. I don't know what that would be like. If <laughs> I'm trying to think of the extreme high stake, and for me, I'm thinking like, if I don't do this certain thing at this club match, then I have to quit the sport forever. Like that would be pretty high stakes. Um, <laughs> so yeah. that might make me feel feel right. some kind of way, but but I couldn't just yeah. pretend that and not have it be, and and have a, the behavior. A, a long time ago, Siler talked about when he was still shooting production, having to bet a hundred bucks um, on locals. Mm. And that's that's what it took for him to yeah. get there. You know, when he was fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, that yeah. He had to have had to put that's some true. sort of stake there. Oh, Puff, we uh, we uh, shot for lunch at our last, last local in Tulsa. That's good. That I mean, that did help. Honestly, like that brought some pressure. Like the first two stages, you're you're down. Like you're actually feeling it. You're like, okay. I'm actually going to have to buy lunch and that's going to suck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I think also I'm just making this up, but for you specifically, Jay, you could give yourself a handicap and not tell anyone that triggers the consequence. And then you can't explain it to people. <laughs> so it's like, all right, I'm going to shoot this match left-handed, but you don't tell anyone that's what you're doing. People looking at the results don't know that. And you just have to, you just have to try have and coax a normal performance. To- but with your left hand. And you yeah, can't be like, oh, well, that was my left-handed match. Or, you know, oh, I didn't turn on the optic that match. Or whatever, right? Like, No, I can't do, I can't do any of that <laughs> yet. <laughs> Have you thought about you employing a uh, hypnotist? Yeah, I think that's what... <laughs> I well, saw Tyler's... the plot in the documentary, the famous documentary, Office Space. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, I mean, maybe maybe this is the path. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. But uh, what we're talking, and because of everything we're talking about, is one reason I I think that experience is so important. Like, re- like once you've committed, like, yes, I'm going to be the that USPSA guy who, who shoots majors and shoots nationals perennially and, you know, trying to, to push and push and push. That's a reason I think experience is so important that you, you know, collect as much um, experience at level twos and level threes as you can. And I've done a poor job of that lately, but I still think it, regardless of what I've done, I, that's my belief is that experience is vital. And the more you can expose yourself to those pressures and shooting against higher and higher and higher levels of competition, the the better off you are. And it has the nice side effect of you're always having a handy yardstick to compare yourself to the very best. Like if you're shooting a lot of areas and shooting your nationals, you have um, a good up-to-date comparison with where you really stand. Because at the end of the day, the performance on paper is, you know, it's the ultimate test. You know, there's no mental gaming your way out of the results. You know, I know, yeah. well, any, I should say some, some guys try yeah. to, 
playing uh if sick and you know the what if and and the uh uh yeah. competitor editor but uh yeah but yeah. again you're lying to yourself when yeah. you do it if you do it in like a a way that's just for for that reason i suppose i mean so we haven't no no so we haven't talked about it uh yet on just like so i'm going to use this as an example um but then i'm curious what what you think about it tyler is like someone uh because i think making making grandmaster making gm in uspsa is pretty pretty reasonable for most people um if you're like into it if you get into this and you're like okay like this is pretty cool i'm gonna train hard i want to i want to make gm um and let's just use that as a as like a a goal as as just an example is this because to bring up that goal you kind of have to allow yourself to think in a certain way that like you are you will be there at some point and so there's, there's certain thoughts that come with that like yeah so i mean i i'm going to behave in this way like i i'm just going to shoot like i'm going to shoot until i get that good and i'm going to force that to happen in a certain in a certain manner um like i'm going to force it to happen in training and then uh, when I when I shoot this classifier, like I know the time I need to do, so I'm just going to force it to happen. Like whatever happens, I'll learn from that. But I'm going to I'm going to force it in a certain without kind of introducing like all this over trying stuff. But you're you're training in a way that will you know is going to bring you to that point. Um, so when you when you think about that, it I guess my my question is then how do you structure goals going forward? Like beyond that and and how do you allow yourself to think in a certain way like will you allow yourself to to think something beyond that's like very uncomfortable because i think as someone who very who starts out there in c class it would be really uncomfortable to think like i'm going to be a grandmaster at some point like that's pretty uncomfortable to think about maybe even uncomfortable to say or talk about Mm -hmm. um but i i guess i how do you think about that in the future? Because it's really tricky to then not lie to yourself or to lie to yourself in a certain way. There. Yeah. Yeah. So my shortcut or workaround to that is to think about, think in terms of probabilities. Um, and that, and that works across the spectrum. Um, if you're C-class and working towards GM, I greatly increase my probabilities of making GM if I have the gun in my hand two hours a day, five days a week, and so on and so forth. You know, I increase my probabilities of finishing top 10 at nationals if I, you know, do X, Y, and Z, if I correct these deficiencies. So I think um, for my mind, and that that works on a stage uh, example, it it worked, you know, uh, what's the probability of, of my executing this properly? And what's the the risk um, if I don't? And then, you know, kind of weigh that out and choose, um, you know, it's like poker, you know, you have probabilities on hands you're dealt. Uh, In this case, you know, you kind of control your own probabilities. And the one thing um, I think is beneficial to think about this is for whatever goal, Put the work in to make that an inevitability. I think yeah. that sort of, you see how that kind of shortcuts all the the other extraneous 
talk and thoughts that that has to happen and for at least me and, and my my makeup um it helped me um to think about the, the things in those terms um so i've never really put myself in a position to lie to myself yeah so like you're so you put your you do things in training so then you will learn something that you will use to get yourself further along yeah essentially and and it's almost like working towards the unspoken goal like i really want to make gm um i don't have to you know i don't have to think about making gm all that often i can have that as as my hope and my my goal um i know that i there's certain prerequisites to making that goal and they're accomplished through the work. So the more I can make it about the work, the better off I'll be personally. So the, the, the old Steve Anderson way, and Jay, you have to disagree with this if you want, but the old Steve Anderson way to actualize what you're talking about, Tyler, would be, so then you're sitting there and you're like, hmm, I could go back to the kitchen, get another two slices of pizza and get back to you know, the good place on, uh, on the screen. Or pizza place. I could go find my inner belt and and dry fire for another thirty minutes before bed. And the, the old sort of Steve Anderson is well, what would a GM do? And you know, and you know, there you are, Johnny C class. You're like, okay, well, I'll skip the pizza and I'll dry fire. Right. So it's 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 a way to force that action to have the presence of that goal. So it's not it's mm. not just an abstract goal. It's not you sit there eating pizza thinking about man, I can't wait to be a GM. Um, if you sort of structure your, your micro decisions in light of the goal. And I think probably people who, who put in the, (laughs) (laughs) I've seen Jay, I've seen Jay damage a pizza. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I think that like so many people, I think that's a funny, I think that that's something that people would think about, but the people who, uh, who will put in the work to make GM won't even contemplate eating the pizza in the time and t- until they've done the thing that they were going to do because you're so obsessed about it that it's just like, this is what I'm doing today. And it's, but I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just weird. I do contemplate eating pizza a lot. <laughs> But not till after you're the dry fire. Oh, you right? can have both. You can do both. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> no, what I you know, said, I, I... Uh, what you said, Jeremy, there um, reminded me of the that book Atomic Habits, where he talks about uh, essentially convince yourself you are the person that does these things. So, yeah. It's very, very similar. And and that's, and that's, you know, once you're obsessed with something, you don't need to do that because you're neglecting other areas of your life to sort of feed your fixation. <laughs> but when you first set out the goal, you may, you may develop a goal before you, the fixation has taken root. And sure. I think that's true for a lot of people. Or you may not realize how, how much higher the goals could go. And GM's a great example because a lot of people join USPSA and, it's a pretty reasonable goal. And then along the way towards that goal, they realize, ah, I can aim higher than that. 
Mm. Um, yeah. And if I aim higher than that, it'll happen along the way. But, you know, the interesting, <clears throat> interesting thing about that is you also see a lot of guys that make GM flame out. Make GM, yeah. they're not in the sport all that much longer. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine yeah. with me. That's challenge grinding. Anyone who ever did video games is like, you got to unlock yeah. all the skins. You'll unlock all the skins. All right, now I'm done. Moving on, next game. Yeah. Like, I don't, yeah. don't want to be good at the game. I just want to unlock all the skins. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, Jay, if you won a national championship, would you still, would you stick around? Yeah, because because I'm I'm way too obsessed like that. I don't. There's more than there's. Yeah, I mean, like there's more that's after that, and it's kind of and and Steve has talked about this, and Lanny De- Lanny Basham definitely talked about that. But like, you have to have something ready to go after if you want to keep doing the thing. If you want to just make GM, then just make GM, right? Right. But if you're thinking like this is pretty cool, I would like to uh, win like a level two as well as make GM. Then, then like you can do GM first and then focus on what you need to do that. The yeah. next thing. Hmm. Yeah, uh, another reason I I try to discourage classification goals at least as the exclusive goal, like. I like the leapfrog method where, you know, in the beginning at the local level, you're identifying the guy who's always five or 10% better than you. And then you're going to beat him. And then you're going to identify the guy, the next one and the next one and the next one. And, you know, when you're, when you're committed to that, when you're committed to, to, to rising through the ranks, I think likewise, the, the classification goals tend to take care of themselves. You know, you're not going to be winning consistently. You're not going to be winning major matches consistently very long and not stumble by accident into GM, you know? It's just yeah. it, not how it works. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. like, making GM was never has never been my focus. It was never my focus in shooting. My focus was <laughs> always the leapfrog. It was always win the matches. I didn't really care what my classification was. And then, yeah, yeah eventually it just got there. You you intentionally did not read any books about shooting. Yeah, yeah. You just wanted to get there autonomously. I remember yeah. that. That's pretty I'm cool. Not, I'm not <laughs> suggesting that because I, I, I don't, don't think, think that was a fast track. But, yeah. I mean, I, I think I you're in a pretty exclusive club yeah. with that. That's probably not that many people. Yeah. Yeah. I still haven't read any books, actually. Nice. I'm like halfway through a couple of them, but yeah. Like I said, I don't I mean, so once I, for, for you, Jeff, I mean, once you win single stack nationals this year, I mean, what, what's next after that? Cause that's kind of like one of these mm-hmm. things. It's already inevitable, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, not a bad job. job. Say about it. Start a training company. Are yeah. you going to plant no. an orchard? Because you should. <laughs> I have Everyone the room. Should plant an orchard. <laughs> no, man. I definitely like don't. I don't want to train. So like I'm not. I don't know, it seems like a lot of people like once they hit GM they they want to start a training company or something. Um, <laughs> what? They, yeah, that's not me. I mean, as. 
Yeah. That's why there's there's no uh, hit factor training materials out there. <laughs> we just like to we like to talk about it. We like to to cut up and goof off. But um, I don't I don't know. It's just it's just something I do at this point now. Like I like to crush souls, and yeah, I would yeah. like to go to the world shoot. I think that would be really cool. But and I I I like to win, and I it never gets old. <laughs> Yeah, I love that answer. That's a great yeah. answer. That's probably why I'll never be much of a winner. I don't really care about winning. <laughs> I like excellence. <laughs> I like I like to perform well. Yeah, like, yeah. And I have to go to matches to find out if I'm performing well. And so far, the answer yeah. is not yet. Oh, oh, yeah. wait. While we got Tyler on here, one of my all-time favorite quotes from Tyler Turner is someone asking Tyler. Um, I don't even remember what they asked him. Honestly, I just remember the quote. <clears throat> he said, um, if I could make, if I could beat somebody so bad that they quit the sport. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. Yeah. But what you don't realize, Tyler, is almost everyone you were beating, almost everyone, are the exactly the sort of people where the worse you beat them, that they will wake up an hour earlier the next day to dry fire. Why well, kill it? You're not comp- you're you're not competing with anyone who quits the sport when you humiliate them. You're only competing with people who are waking up earlier to not let that ever happen. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's what's yeah. fun, right? Like it's, it's not like you that's pass it. people and then they're behind you. No, that's exactly what's fun. It's like you know to to you know kids game king of the hill like how long can you be king of the hill uh that's 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 fun it's stressful but it's it's fun um no i don't really want people to quit the sport (laughs) obviously that was hyperbole uh but i I do i very much have the same character flaw as jeff like i'm not in this for self-betterment or you know to just uh, my only competition is myself. No, I, I want to beat you mercilessly. I want to lord it over you. <laughs> we know that about Jeff, and we kind of know that about you. And I suspect that about Jay. He's just got the like humble politeness to, yeah, yeah. to keep it on the down low. You gotta work on oh, that. We've talked about this before, Jeremy. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like. Yeah, I don't know about that through deep insight. You just told me exactly that. <laughs> All right. So, do you, do either of you have anything left to add to this mental game beef that we created? <laughs> I I mean, I think I uh, well, I was talking to Jeremy earlier today, um, <laughs> and the real Jeremy one that's here with us now. Right. And, and I think that everyone who, who is really into this, think about shooting all the time. And we kind of started with this. And I, and I think just with, with preparing for a match, when you're thinking about preparing for a match, uh, that's where the awareness of your thoughts comes in. And so like the, I, I feel like, and so this is where I was kind of curious if Tyler, if you do this or if you just, or if you do it, but you don't think about it where you're thinking about a match, you're thinking about maybe who the people you're going to be squatted with are, what they might say to you, uh, what they might, 
you know, like if you, if you have a really good run, if they're going to say something to you, if you have a really bad run, if they're going to say something to you and how you're going to respond after that. And like, just because these are thoughts that just come up. So you're like, well, what do I do with these thoughts that are just in my mind? So like, is that something, I mean, I know it's definitely something I do. Um, I can't help it. Uh, is that something that you, that you do in a way, Tyler? Yeah. And then I'm curious about Jeff too. Not about Jeremy. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think, I think the, the part when you said, you know, it's something that's in your mind, but you don't really like consciously think about, you know, I, 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 I don't want to leave anyone with the impression that I'm just a, a mindless automaton out there, like doing reps, <laughs> right? Like, I, I don't think my shooting ability is purely the function of, you know, how many rounds can I pump down range? How many reps can I do? Yeah, there's definitely a component <clears throat> that involves, you know, like interpersonal reaction or uh, interactions, um, you know, conditions, uh, you know, your how you feel that day, you know, you got a, you got a cold, you got the sniffle, like all this goes yeah. into it for sure. And yeah, I think like relying on, on experience and like a resilient mindset and a confident mindset is super important in match preparation. You know, I, yeah. I definitely have, I've had like, um, focus phrase, um, you know, something like that in the past. Now it's more just kind of internalized. I don't really put words to it, but it's definitely a, yeah. a, a mindset. Um, you know, take what's yours um, is sometimes one I, I use or, you know. Yeah. The Coley. That's Shane Coley, right? Yeah. yeah I, I actually, I asked Shane one time, a uh, long time ago, <laughs> I sent him a message. I was like, what do you think about before you shoot? He was like, take what's yours. And I was like, wow, that's okay. powerful. See, and, I didn't but, know that. That's cool. Yeah. And, and, but I think that it's probably like, that's him putting it into words, but it's probably just that feeling that you, you it's, it's like, an attitude. Yeah. It's an yeah. attitude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's good. It's, yeah. Jeff, but do I, you do that? So what, what do you like think about shooting? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so, so wait, 2019 you have your your match and then you know 2020 you're going to be on the super squad you didn't have joel park to call you and tell you so you just had to figure it out from the match and did you think about oh man what am i going to say to latham when i smoke his ass on stage two did i think about that yeah did you have like intrusive thoughts that like popped up oh yeah for sure for sure, being being yeah. on the super squad for the first time, uh, yeah, I think I mean I was pretty petrified, honestly, uh, just with this, as it was my second nationals, <laughs> and yeah, it was more like I just had all these thoughts of, am I should I be here? Should I be? Do I, mm. I have to show these guys that I should be here? Uh, yeah, there was lots of intrusive thoughts. Uh, ended it up going. It still ended up going well for me, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it did. It was there was lots of intrusive thoughts and and mental mental battles going on in that match. And I was uh, first up on the first stage at that that national. Yeah, so so was so was I on my first time on the super squad. <laughs> really? 
Yeah. yeah. Last oh, yeah. name D, yeah. last name C. It's yeah. likely to yeah. happen. The probability right. is there. Yeah. I hope Jared yeah. I hope Jared Clinton listens to this because he, he, he came up to me before we started shooting. He's like, I'm so glad you're here because it means I don't have to go first. Right, yeah. Yeah. Like I got yeah. you. And my first nationals in Frostproof, I was first up on the first stage. Yeah. Of my first nationals. Dude, I was, was petrified. I, I love I love that feeling after the fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that, like we're and I can't even, I can't quite bring it up now. I can get like hints of it if I try, yeah. but that feeling of uh, excitement or whatever, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Back back when I was still allowed to shoot with you, Jay, um, last year, uh, I remember <laughs> telling you, like getting called to the line and turn around and it's like, yes, this is actually why I'm here. Like right now, this is why I'm here. I'm about to do yeah. something. Yeah. I remember. I'm gonna express myself on this stage. Yeah, I t- you were telling me that, and then you did, and and everybody yeah, not was. Particular stage, I did. I expressed myself. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did. I, I think this is why you know this is why people go skydiving. They get to yeah. the ground, and they. I've never been. I never will. But I have to imagine <laughs> part of the thrill is the elation of your feet hitting the ground because I didn't die. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like this. It, it, Obviously, USPSA is a microdose of that sensation. I have to yeah. imagine, but it's similar. Like, hey, I, yeah, I did it. You know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've got a, a parting shot though, because I, I didn't mention it earlier. Um, I just want to clarify. Like, I don't want to ruin our battle or anything or seeing anybody else, but <laughs> a little bit. I just want to clarify. Don't ruin the battle. Don't ruin the battle. It must continue. <laughs> Jay and I are still mortal enemies. Don't worry. Uh, okay. But, Even though we really like orchards yeah. and <laughs> you're ruining it. Jay. But uh, so my, my real beef is with people who, they want to use the mental game or a mental system. I'm not singling out any particular mental system as a substitute for technical skill. When, or, you know, I really got to work on my mental game to bring all my technical skill to bear when their technical skill is, is very, not to bear. <laughs> it's very poor. There's nothing to bring to bear. Like it just yeah. makes me want yeah. to shake them and say, like, you're missing, you're missing the important part. The important part is that, you know, all your shots go where you intend them to. Yeah. And there's an entry fee. Around. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's like an you, entry fee of skill. Yes. To pay. And, is, you know, the, yeah. yeah, go ahead. This is the what if thing that I get into arguments with friends of mine who really go deep down the what if cope train. Mm-hmm. And I, and I can't stand it because they don't realize that everyone who beat them made a bunch of mistakes faster and more accurately than them. Like a ton of mistakes. And this is why, like, I love that flood of CO nationals videos. Cause it's like, look at all of these great people making mistake after mistake, after mistake better than me. Uh, so it's not yeah. what, yeah. what my perfect performance would be if I could unlock my real potential and not make any mistakes. It's yeah. like no, if I could get my technical skill to a level where I could survive my just, mistakes. Just be yeah. be better. Just be better. Yeah, but <laughs> if I want to do better, be better. 
and and I've said this on here before, but and I don't know who I stole it from, but I can't judge mom my training potential against other people's match performance, right? Like it's not they're not the same thing. Everyone yeah. who's doing well at a match can do well in training others than Jeff. <laughs> and, uh, and even Jeff's been doing well in training lately. I know, it's crazy. I I think the the root of like my animosity towards that idea is it's because it's lazy. Like it's yeah. it's they think there's something for free. If I can read a book or if I can write a a, a post-it note or if I can visualize this or that, um, I can somehow avoid the work on the hard skills um, and get the same result. And that just rubs me the wrong way. Like your best case scenario in that instance where you where you really dial in exact and you you get yourself mentally to a state where you can then produce your skill, all of it is that you do that. You get all of your skill. And, but that's, that's it. Like that's all you're going to get. So if you, yeah, if you're lacking in the skill part, that's, that's like the, so with all of this, all of that stuff has to come up together. It's, Ideally. It's, the, it's the three circles in Basham's of uh, uh, method or his. Uh, yeah, his the system, system or what? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, and, and the so self-image is is so huge, but your your abilities do not match your your self-perception. Yes, and and though and yeah, if one of those is is out of whack in any kind of way, then it it falls apart. And, and it, the most obvious one or the most visible one is the self-image one or like the, that confidence piece that's blown way up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and then you see those people and those are the people that you don't want to hang around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but do any of you guys, before I let Jeff kill, kill this, do any of you guys know anyone who's really, really good at this game who lacks confidence? No, they're they're usually pretty confident, and some of them pretty outwardly confident too, in in a way that like. But I think that that's just people. Like you have a broad spectrum of people. Some are going to be outwardly more more cocky or whatever, and then you're going to end up with some of those people at the top. Some of those people will, be, but there are other there there everybody is mixed around. Yeah, but nobody is performing really well and lacking confidence. Whether they're like interpersonally humble yeah. or not, you no, you have to have that's what yeah, that's where we kind of start on this. Like you have to have confidence that you can do things on a stage, because yeah. then you risk you risk winning it, and often you do. Yeah, I have a parting question. If we're if we're ready for it, are we ready for it? First one half one whole half hour about orchards, and then followed by another half hour of raw egg discussion, which I was part of last time, which was pretty totally oh, out. <laughs> I just like that you don't have to refrigerate them. That makes me happy. Eggs on the countertop oh. makes me happy. I don't okay, know why yeah, we, we can release this. Have to we can re- so, What's the that could be a special a special. <laughs> 
That can be a special segment. We'll we'll release that later. Um, come come okay. for the shooting. Stay for the uh, homesteading. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> What's the name of that book? Just so uh, well, I don't even I don't even oh know if our God. discussion was. Uh, <laughs> the holistic orchard, tree yes. fruits and berries, the biological way. Yeah. There you go. Quite good. That, that'll improve your your shooting, ten percent. Yeah, and we could talk about like wood chips and mycelium, and. All right, like, I'm gonna roll with this just... question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're uh, you've just finished. I'm gonna set a scenario for you. You've just finished a, a level two. Let's call it a state match, um, and you're talking to a pretty good shooter. Let's say he's M class. He's an M class shooter. He comes up to you. He didn't shoot a very good match. He says, "Yeah, I, I shot pretty good. I just need to work on my mental game." And you look at his scores, <laughs> and he's all over. He was all over the place. And uh, what? Uh, you don't have to be nice. So you're gonna give it to him plain, okay? What do you say to him? I'll go. So yeah. let's say I've got a competitor at the competitor I pulled up. Yeah. What's his what's his aggregate time difference and what's his percentage of points shot different from the winner or let's say, you know, the winner of M class if this is an M class guy. Let's say that was his goal. Well, no, that's your problem. That's your problem. It's not your mental game, it's that you you are lacking a degree of technical skill that the guy you're trying to beat possesses and that he just put down. Like, what has your training looked like recently? You know, what are you doing? Because that guy's doing more and he's doing it better. At least he's doing it more efficiently. You know, maybe you're, well, I, I don't want to get too down the rabbit hole, but uh, <laughs> no, I think, again, people want to look for the easy solution instead of doing the work. And I think fundamentally the guys who are working the hardest and working the smartest are the guys at the top. Mm. Yeah. Jeremy, Jay. <laughs> I mean, cause I, it totally depends if like, if I know the person and have you ever been mean to somebody, Jay? <laughs> <laughs> I was mean <laughs> one time. <laughs> <laughs> that was good that was perfect so i mean if i've if i've seen this person shoot before and this is like an this is like a standout they were really all over the place this was like they're you know they're shooting really good at locals and this is their first level two and then they just had some stages and it's not even like the shooting was hard but they were just like trashing things that are just like what are you doing why are you doing that if you just held it together and just shot the middle of the target you'd be totally <laughs> fine so then my question's like what what were you I, and i guess i don't know what are you what are you thinking about before you shoot and or what do you feel like and they're like i don't know i just really wanted to like 
go so fast or whatever, <laughs> then I'd be like, I, I would kind of be like, hey, ha, have you thought about just deciding to shoot a match in a certain way and shooting the whole match that way? Have you thought about that? And then they're like, well, no, I just thought that I was going to like be the raw time champ or something like that. <laughs> like, okay, well, what? So, so then I, so then I would kind of, it would be a little bit of a discussion to kind of figure out what, what's actually happening. And so if that's, this is what I'm thinking of this person, that they were just all over the place. They were panicking. Uh, you know, they just didn't know what to do. So then I, it might, it might be a little bit different in that sense where, um, where maybe we can reignite the beef. I think that'd be good. Um, <laughs> but it's, I, I'd be like, here, decide like next, next match, next time you shoot this level two, decide that you're just going to shoot all the targets. Uh, and that's your, that's the only thing you need to think about. And like, however you're going to decide to do that, whatever process you're going to use, just pick something because it's way better than what you were doing. Yeah. I don't know. Does Jer- does real Jeremy have anything to say about this? What would real Jeremy tell this person? Cool. You did great, guys. Um, I mean, if somebody, if, somebody, if somebody comes to me and tells me they really underperform, I listen to them for as long as is polite, and then I say something to the effect of, so did every single person who didn't win, and so did the winner, right? I mean, the, the mental game I play with myself, and this is, you know, just one of the many ways I'm not quite normal is uh my level of skill is my most recent match performance that's how good i am everything else i do is trying to change that all the training i do that's not my level of skill i don't have skill that doesn't show up in the last match i shot um those are inputs and my current barometer of skill is what i just did and so if they're killing me at level twos and they really struggled at their state match well that's their current level of skill so they need to go out and increase their level of skill. And skill is technical skill, but te- skill is manifesting that technical skill in specific settings, under pressure, in environmental conditions, in the rain, whatever it is, right? Like skill doesn't just mean like the you know, trigger speed or like transitional crispness. Skill is like the whole thing, but your skill is your performance. And if you don't like the results of your performance, then increase your skill. And you increase your skill outside of matches. Yeah. What so you if do outside of matches this... isn't skill. That's training. That's input. What I can do isn't what I can do in conditions I control. What I can do is what I can do in conditions I don't control. When all I can control is me. But nobody wants to hear that. So I wouldn't say that. So I would actually say, cool. I'm sorry, man. You'll get them next cool, time. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> Try some meditation. <laughs> I mean, I guess... I- like grow it would be like cool grow just get better as a whole yeah if you want to do better get better. (laughs) yeah which i get i guess is just what tyler said so (laughs) oh man the beef is unignited (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so good why don't why don't you just get good yeah (laughs) you know Come, come train with me. I just made GM. I'll show you the ways. <laughs> no, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a little bit, I realize I'm playing uh, a part, I'm playing a caricature of myself. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think the truth's in the middle. Um, everyone needs a system. Everyone needs to elevate the, their, their hard skills. Everyone needs a good system 
to to apply those skills and it's going to be a little bit different from from everybody i think you know um i think everyone needs a big dose of self-awareness in that particular arena like to know for your personality your learning style uh what type of system is going to work best for you um yeah. I mean, regardless, it's going to take work. Yes. And that, that's the thing. I think that's the difference. It's like, well, what, what pill can I take or whatever? Right. Right. And it's not that. Man. Yep. That was We're, great, fellas. You heard it here first. Jeff Coffin is disavowing performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jeff. <laughs> I was going to ask you, Jeff, like, how's this hair product stuff going on? Because I feel like after becoming, you know, after being a father, yeah. I feel like I'm losing hair on the top of my head. And like, can I you get are. ahead of it? Or Yeah. You these, can't. These, these, dude, <laughs> if there's anything. You, yeah. If yeah. There's okay. Anything... I'll just work harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah. That's good. No, for another podcast. I don't imagine it's going very well. Um, I will probably be going back bald, but I mean, I'm going to give it the rest of the year. I'm not, I'm not a quitter, but yeah, anyway, but if there is anything that will make that, that hair fall out, it is, is the stress of, <laughs> of, of children, you know, very yeah, young the stress and, and then them physically pulling it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Gentlemen, that was awesome. Thank you for the discussion. Um, and everybody listening, if, if you want, uh, if you want to be on top of your mental game, join the discord. No, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, I hope you enjoy that. I really enjoyed that. Um, though I wish there would have been more name calling and, and yelling, but that'll do, I suppose. I know we shouldn't have opened up like with the orchard thing at the beginning, mm-hmm. like before we started recording. We, I I know. we messed up. It made up. me like... Like Tyler, we established yeah, like, rapport. Yeah, it was. Were it's buttering each other up there. before we even started. <laughs> it's ridiculous. I was just sitting there watching it happen. It's like they're destroying this argument that's supposed to happen. But anyway, that's all we got. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Uh, you guys have any th- any final words? Any send off for the Hit Factorians? Stop recording, damn it. Stop recording, damn it.